The biggest names in tennis are coming to Paris for the most anticipated Roland Garros in years. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. Experience three weeks of unparalleled tournament access as the world's top players in tennis face off against each other. Will the veteran champions continue their dominance or will a fresh face emerge to challenge their legacy on the clay courts? Daily live coverage of this epic showdown begins Monday, May 20th. Don't miss a matchup. Stream it now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello, dear listener, and welcome back to Owning It, the Anxiety Podcast, with me, your host, Caroline Foran. Now, I want to start this week's episode by apologizing for the fact that it's been two weeks since my last episode. I feel like I'm giving my confession to a priest, but I was away in America, as you may know if you follow me on social media. I was launching my book, Own It, over there, so that kind of took over. I thought I'd have a lot more free time, but thankfully I was busy with events, networking, lots of different things happening. So hopefully this is the beginning of the Owning It message and everything I'm trying to do going beyond Europe and going into America so fingers crossed on that front. Uh, This week I am joined by the absolutely gorgeous inside and out Joanna Cooper. She's a wee dairy girl from the north, she's just 25, she's a model, you'll recognise her from everything from ASOS to Urban Outfitters, she's all over the e-commerce modelling scene at the moment and if I had the awareness that she had when I was 25 I really don't think I would have gone through what I went through. She has just got it sussed she talks so much sense she's very very aware of thought processes she understands her anxiety why she felt it where it came from and she's very very good at knowing how to nip it in the bud these days whenever it does pop up so we had an amazing chat i'm sure that you will get a lot from it especially when it comes to things like hypochondriac it's probably the word i should use you are a hypochondriac but you have hypochondria i don't know i've never been able to figure that word out Anyway, Joanna is the bee's knees and um, I really hope you enjoyed the chat as much as I enjoyed having it. As always, please do subscribe and review, it means the world to me and I know that my audience has been growing on um, on the podcast so if you're new, welcome. I definitely advise that you go back to the very beginning and start there uh, and, and then catch up with us. So enjoy and I will talk to you soon. Something that I've experienced I'm sure it's to like a lesser scale is people thinking okay looking at my Instagram and seeing my work or an outfit when you're getting ready for a night out when you you look nice and think sure you couldn't possibly struggle with confidence or anxiety and I imagine for you 
and how incredibly stunning, painfully beautiful you are. Oh, and how beautiful your Instagram is and everything that people would think. Sure, what could you ever have to complain about? So do you find that? Like, I just think that's so frustrating. Oh, it's so frustrating because Instagram is literally 10% of my life. And it's a love-hate relationship because I hate it most of the time. People do see that image because that's what you put forward. That's what I want people to see. I'm not, I'm quite a private person and I know obviously you say that but then I have like however many followers on Instagram but again it's you portray what you want to portray so I'll only post whenever I'm Mm. fully dressed and have makeup on or I'm at work or I'm doing something fun. I'm not posting on the days where I'm not working or I've been in the house in pyjama bottoms for three days. Like, And would you feel self-conscious you know, if you were, like, say, doing an Instagram story and you're having no makeup on and you have a spot, would you feel like you just wouldn't do that? Yeah. No, oh. it's not that I wouldn't, but I would definitely think about it ten times after and if I've posted something and I don't feel like I look perfect or whatever on it, I'll be like, shit. You know? Really? I do. I definitely do. And I don't know, I suppose maybe people wouldn't see that, but you're always, when you're in an industry where it's all based around your appearance, you're second-guessing it all the time. Mm. Um obviously you'd like to get to the point where that just doesn't matter because it doesn't matter Mm -hmm. but when that's your day-to-day it's it's, constantly there yeah so is anxiety something that you've experienced yeah um so when I was five uh my brother got knocked down and he was 10 um and after that yeah so I was there when my mum found out and stuff and seeing all that I don't know raised something in me and I became like a tiny ball of anxiety so from the age of five up until the age of about 10 I was like a crazy child like had to go and see counsellors and didn't really know what I was feeling like there was there'd be times where I'd be out with say my aunt and I just couldn't breathe and I'd be like six and be like I genuinely can't breathe and my mom and dad are dead they're definitely dead like you need to ring them oh and make God. sure that they're not um so then I went, they took me to see someone and she taught me loads of techniques that have helped me no end. Like Even when you were that young? Yeah. So were you able to identify it as anxiety? No, I was like, I'm going to die and they're going to die and everyone at the world's ending. Like, that's how I felt and I would just be in floods of tears, but I wouldn't be able to communicate it. So I was always just this nervous person and I remember one day my mom and dad, they were literally going, we lived here and there was like a youth centre or something where they went to vote and because both of them were leaving in the car at the same time, I was at the window and my older brothers were there and I was at the window screaming like, oh my God. don't go because that's like, so having experienced it so much when I was younger, I don't, I don't now. Um, I've kind of learned how to cope. So from the age of maybe the last time I had a panic, panic attack, I'd say I was about 17 and that was random. That was really like out of character. And can you sort of go back to that panic attack and tell me what it felt like for you? What happened? What, what were you thinking? How are you feeling? I feel like maybe I was overwhelmed or I would have been a massive hypochondriac so I could have got like a pain in my leg or something and then I would start overthinking and overthinking and being like you're gonna die I'm gonna die then grand I'm gonna die and then I remember kind of drifting off to sleep and you know whenever you're quite vulnerable in that state and I woke up and I was like oh my god like dripping in sweat and because I hadn't had a panic attack in so long I was like I don't know what's going on and Mm. went down to my mum and I was like and she knew straight away and she has always been amazing. Anytime I freaked out, she's like, stop it. Like, she's so staring and she'll sit me down and like, do like tapping exercises on yeah. my wrist and stuff and just tell me to breathe and eventually you'll get the mm. like, shower of relief over you. But And is it is it easier for you knowing that, that 
car accident with your brother yeah. where he got knocked in that you can kind of pinpoint it to that 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 was obviously sort of sowed the seed whereas I think for a lot of people with anxiety they can't really figure out yeah. the starting point or and maybe there isn't a starting point maybe they just have like an anxious disposition do you think that that event was the reason or do you think maybe it's in your nature to be a bit more sensitive and you know thinking like jump into worst case scenario yeah I think no I think that was definitely where it started I think I was just so young and um, couldn't really understand why, like, I was attached to him, so couldn't really understand why he wasn't around as much or whatever. He's fine now, obviously. Mm. But um, it was just hard for me to comprehend being so young, so the only way I knew how to deal with it was just, like, going to full meltdown yeah. mode. Um, so it was kind of like separation anxiety then? Massively, massively. Um, but I wouldn't have known what that was then. And I would have always been, like, a nervous child. But not so much, like, I danced and, like, I was always confident, but it was just... At that age, I didn't know how to maybe express myself in a way. If I would feel like that, I'd be like, mm. I don't know what's wrong with me. Someone, yeah, you know. And now, like with your work now, you're you're based in London, but you're traveling so much. And your boyfriend Connor is in Limerick, so you're over there all the time. And you were just talking before we had breakfast about LA, um, Morocco, everything. You're separate from the people in your life an awful lot. So what have you overcome? To, how how do you cope with that now? To have not that worry about you know thinking oh where is my where are my parents now or you know because sometimes yeah. I I think everyone listening will relate to like if Barry my husband if he says or if he hasn't texted me saying I'm on my way home from work I immediately always think he's lying in a ditch somewhere and what if this <laughs> is the one time and I just I just know that that's just how my brain works and I'm like okay it's probably ridiculous but. I still can't help it going there but you have to kind of recognize that it's going there and then like nip it in the bud so do you still have those thoughts but know how to manage them honestly not really not as much like there was a point when I was about 19 that I was like I've had enough of second guessing everything and worrying about stuff and genuinely started focusing on mindset so much and immerse myself in the thoughts that whatever's going to happen is going to happen and it's all for a reason and it's all for it'll happen regardless of how much I worry about it mm-hmm. so stop Mm-hmm. and think and breathe and take a minute and since I started doing that I I don't I honestly don't like I have managed it I, I can manage it now wow and what about the hypochondriac because I still I'm still a hypochondriac oh, like I <laughs> Barry gives me so much grief that I'm like I, I think there's a, probably a name for it but I do have quite a strong fear of um of vomiting and like one of the biggest yeah. reasons why like I would be terrified of being pregnant it's not because of having a child or it's not because of it's literally I don't want to have morning sickness I'm so afraid of it and I can't rationalize it yeah. and I don't know how but to but no one can if you have a fear yeah. you have a fear but like I don't know how to get experience with it because I'm not going to make myself sick all the yeah. time to get used to it and I do think like god I had um you know I had an ear infection I, I was told I wasn't gonna be able to fly over here and I was like I'm gonna do it anyway but they like you might have a burst eardrum so of course in the plane I'm like oh my god it's gonna blow it's gonna blow (laughs) or like I had a headache and I'm like it's definitely a tumor like you're definitely dying and I have to just sort of say okay Caroline there's that part of your brain that's going to the worst case scenario exactly you just have to switch it off but like but so do you still you know if you get a pain or something do you think I would obviously that's it's like an eight on me it's yeah I'll go straight to like that's me I'm dead now but there's another part that I've trained under myself that's like no you're not you just you need to learn how to stop and address your own mind and be like stop it you're being ridiculous mm-hmm. and you're fine and breathe through it and and so in that scenario like would you talk to yourself yeah or would you talk to someone else and sometimes like I need someone else to tell oh, me no, if I am if I do let the thoughts get away with me and panic then I'll be like yeah calm me down yeah talk to me or like distract me or like I am a dramatic person by nature yeah. so there will be episodes like that but never 
I've just tried not to never let it take over. I have learned to calm yourself down. And I think it's it's almost like a switch. Once you decide that you're not going to let thoughts like that interfere, I don't know if it's over time, but it does It does get easier. And it sounds a lot like, I don't know if you've ever done cognitive behavioural therapy. Yeah. Have you? Where no, I haven't. It's, it sounds very similar in that you're just sort of thinking, okay, let's take the you know, take the emotion out of it yeah. and take the fear and the worry out of it and like on paper look at the facts that, okay, you probably aren't going to die on yeah. this plane or, you know. Really unlikely. Like, so yeah, like look at the statistics <laughs> and try and focus your your energy and your attention on what something being a, some, a really popular uh, exercise in CPT is the question of whether something is fact or opinion. Mm-hmm. So I find that really helpful when I start to get a bit out of hand or I can feel those, like the hamsters kind of worrying yeah. and it's like, okay, is this, you know, I'm thinking, oh, I'm, I'm going to fail. This is going to work out terrible. Or I'm going to give this talk and I'm going to bomb. Is that a fact or an opinion? Well, it can only be an opinion because I haven't yeah. done it yet. And if I look at the facts of like, well, ha- you know, have you failed every other time you've done it? Or so those kind of, I think those CBT skills are, it's like convenient to put a label on them, but it sounds like you're sort of just naturally doing, doing them yeah. all but along. I feel like they're almost crucial. And when you think back to the things that you learned in school, like you remember what 90 not you remember oh, yeah. about 10 percent yeah it. god whereas if, if even. you were taught things like that if you had a lesson a week where you were taught to quiet your mind or taught skills it would actually help you i feel like that's something i know it's getting better now but when we were at school there was nothing like that mm. you had to read the books yourself or and do you feel being in the industry i know with instagram you say you want to put out what you want to play out and it's quite yeah. curated do you feel that it's getting easier in terms of would you be would you be comfortable saying talk obviously you're talking with me about it but about being vulnerable or do you feel like you have to appear to have it all together for the nature of your job um I don't feel like I have to appear that way I feel like I just don't maybe don't take it serious enough do you think about what I'm putting out there I literally do use it for work or if I'm doing something fun I'll post it but I suppose it's having the confidence to go on and be like, does anyone actually care that I, this, yeah, this yeah, is what yeah. I think or this is, because so many people are doing it and it's so saturated that I'm like, I don't, yeah. I don't well, I think it is, it's like also a very healthy approach with social media is to keep it as a work thing and keep it at yeah. distance from you. As long as you're not feeling, like Instagram isn't real life, but in, I I obviously, because of the nature of the books, I go on Instagram and I talk about, oh, I'm feeling overwhelmed today, whatever. Yeah, because that, but that's, that's your thing. That's kind of what I'm doing yeah. work-wise. Um, but sometimes I do feel a bit like, okay, maybe I need to like, just like experience things by myself or, you know, with my friends. So I yeah. think maybe sometimes there's a risk of too much. Yeah, you know. there's definitely, you need to strike up a balance. Um, You can sometimes see that people maybe are living their life online a lot and that's not healthy, but it's also not right for me with I have quite a young following to show a perfect life all the time yeah so it's just hard to know whether how much you want to show and what they want to see because a lot everyone wants to see your real life they're like yeah but everyone always talks like if you have a big following on social media everyone always talks about you know like you say they're your responsibility to your followers to show a certain thing but it's also your responsibility to yourself you know yeah like you could put out things to make other people feel better because I'm I know for a fact people are looking at your Instagram pictures and probably thinking oh I don't look like that and that's just the nature of it but I don't look like that 90% of the time do you know? <laughs> she does and she's here right now <laughs> and she looks amazing but again it is it's curated and you put out what you want people to see and I'm not really thinking about the followers I'm thinking more about right so my job as a model I'm thinking about brands coming yeah. on and saying I want them to see what I'm doing at work or I want mm-hmm. them to see whenever I feel like I'm having a good day whatever so then I'm like, I'm not going to go on and put on when I'm lying in the house yeah, and yeah, my yeah. tracks bottoms and yeah. do nothing. Do you but th- it's really people that want to see that then. Yeah, I know. 
but I suppose like you know you can't you can't please everyone and you shouldn't have to do it because people want to see that exactly but it's that it's the world that we live in at the minute it's so hard to know there's no rule book because it's also no, new it's also new yeah do you when what age were you when you started modeling so I moved to London whenever I was 21 so properly whenever I was like 20 no, 22 and how did how did it happen like what were you doing and then what happened and how did you get to where you were so I was studying broadcast journalism and then I entered Miss Ireland and then did that and then went to Miss Universe so that was in Vegas for three weeks and came back from that and was kind of like it was such a weird experience but it gave me so much confidence because that was the first time that I had ever traveled alone or and it was going on a plane by myself for three weeks so I was kind of thrown in at the deep end and then when I came back I was like I can do whatever I want I can go wherever I want Mm. I'm an adult now and Mm. I think then when I got back I was like I'm not settled I was always I always had itchy feet and just started thinking about what else I wanted to do and I believe a lot in thinking about what you want and getting it and if you have that mindset usually things do just flow so then I got scouted on Instagram actually so it has a good (laughs) um by Urban Outfitters and they brought me over and I shot with them and then their casting director introduced me to my agent and he was like can you move over within the next two weeks and what? I was like I'm gone bye oh my god even just hearing that gives me so much anxiety <laughs> I don't know what it was at that time I just must have been ready for it and I was like 100% I'm going so my mom and dad were amazing and they helped me move over and once I got here I moved over with one of my best friends from home so we both came at the same time stayed in an apartment shared a bed for a month <laughs> then that fell through the landlord was mental and I moved on with one of my other friends, shared her bed for like, it was supposed to be a month, ended up about nine months. Oh my God. Yeah. And um, I had no money, like absolutely no money. We were, I was living with Hannah and we had so much crack, like, but in the industry we're in, you don't get, it's invoices, you don't get paid for like three oh, months. So I was working. Yeah. Luckily, I worked straight away, worked all summer, but didn't have a penny to show for it until about October. And I remember getting paid and being like, thank Jesus like it yeah and then that's when I started to kind of find my feet in London and um so you got confidence by knowing that you were sort of in charge of your own time that you know you knew you could travel you knew you're an adult now you were independent did you get confidence from the work itself which is sometimes I guess yeah can be confidence boosting or confidence stealing or whatever way you want Uh, to put it it's a scary industry to be in but at that time I don't know how, but I ended up working so much and that was a massive confidence boost. I was like, this is the stuff that I had literally dreamed of. It's it's exactly where I wanted to be and what I wanted to be doing. So nothing else really mattered. And I was so confident and comfortable in myself. Um, I still am, but starting off on such a good streak and then there's days where you're not working or maybe weeks where you're not working and you're like, oh my God, mm-hmm. as we were saying earlier, I'm unemployed now. <laughs> I actually don't have a job. Um, but it's the peaks and troughs of the industry and you just have to be able to take the days where you're not working and be like, well, I worked last week and if I'm good enough then, I'll be good enough next week. So what was Miss Universe like? Oh, mental. Was it was it very, like from what I've, I guess from movies like, um, what's that movie of the pageant? Miss Congeniality. <laughs> I'm like, oh, it's actually really like this cold camaraderie thing where you're women supporting women. Is that the case? Yeah, it actually, I honestly, 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 it was. I don't know if my year, there was something different about my year because I hadn't followed it before, but from... What they were saying just the year before it had been, well, our year was the first year that it was handed over to IMG from Trump. So he owned it up until the year before. And I think it was a lot more catty before that. 
and then when we were there they just did a lot of like team building exercises and a lot of the questions were really provocative in the way that they'd be like if you were in charge of the world what would you do and what do you do in your spare time that's going to make mm-hmm. a difference and it was more about that than like how do you get your abs or <laughs> do you know it, it honestly honestly yeah. it was oh what was that quote in Miss Congeniality it's um <laughs> what was it your I would describe your perfect date. She said April twenty seventh or something. You can just wear a life jacket. Um, oh, so funny! But some of the girls there were just incredible. Like they were lawyers, they were doctors, they were, and I'm not exaggerating. They really were, and their countries were putting them forward because obviously they're gorgeous, but they also have something to say. So I feel like I came away with that and had met so many amazing people. And although the competition itself is fucking. Oh, sorry, you're all out. You're out, Chris. It's bullshit free guide to living with anxiety. <laughs> it is fucking bonkers. Um, but I really did form relationships. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at UH1.com. That's UH1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. ...ships that have lasted, and, like, I met one of my best friends, Nina. She was Miss GB, and... And I, I still talk to her every day. And she was one of the main reasons that I was like, I'm moving to London because she lived here. Mm. So she was like a safety net for me. In this day and age with, you know, all that's happening with feminism and equality and gender, it just, I guess some people will still think things like, even like the Rosa Tralee gets a lot yeah. of mixed reviews. And there's a lot of misconceptions around things like Miss Universe. And then it's like, you know, how is that doing any favours for women? But in your experience, it was very positive and you know it's not you don't you didn't feel it see it as women being pitted against each other no when you're there there's just no obviously it's a competition and in in the last few days or so you'd see that you definitely would but at the same time it's a a group of confident girls that have something to say it's not a group of girls that are going on stage to be sexualized and because of the nature of it there being like the aesthetic thing do you feel like you have to work twice as hard to be taken more seriously about what you're trying to say or the messages you're trying to convey or what you believe in and what mm. you think. I'd say so and it's petty because they do have so much to say but girls that come into your room and they're absolutely stunning they tend to be not like some of the girls say even in the top 10 that got into that they come on stage and they look absolutely gorgeous and then they open your mouth and you're shocked you're yeah. like you're shocked that they have something to say That's and you're awful. like oh, <laughs> 
that, you know? I know. And have you experienced that where people maybe treat you differently because of how you look? No. (laughs) (laughs) Don't be modest, but like that, you know, people might be surprised that you have a lot to say. Which is awful. But, but that, that's a, it, but when you think of things like that, you're like, that's their issue. That's some mm. deep-rooted issue within them. They can't comprehend that people might be confident enough in themselves to have some have a message and yeah, and like, she's beautiful and she's smart. <laughs> like, wow, that's that's amazing. That's so hard to come by. But it's just narrow-minded people. Yeah, um, that's not your issue. That's not yeah anything that you should ever be worried about. Do you think modeling has made you more resilient? Yeah. I'd say so. Like, some days you go into a casting room and you'll be in a line with, like, 40 girls and you'll go in and they'll literally, they'll take your book and your book is, like, all your images and they'll look through it and they'll just, like, take you from the feet and then they'll just look you up and down and then they'll be like, and won't say anything and then just be like, thanks. And you're like, oh, Jesus. Oh, my like, gosh. I cannot imagine. And, but I remember the first time that happened, coming out and laughing and being like, oh, my God, right, I get it now. Um, so you just have to sort of separate yourself you do because you're just not what they want in that time like you're not what they're looking for that's fine move on I haven't really had many bad bad experiences because I don't do runway or catwalk and I think a lot of the weight issues and stuff have come from mm. catwalk and not being thin enough and not being gangly enough or whatever mm-hmm. so I haven't experienced that thankfully um, but you do have to have thick skin so most of your work is kind of in the e-commerce yeah. side of things and that's like really lucrative now, isn't it? This is turning yeah. into a fashion fashion industry <laughs> podcast. Um, but something that people who listen to podcasts struggle with a lot um, is social comparison. Mm-hmm. And when you introduce social media, it's like social comparison on speed. When you take that and put yourself into yeah. the modeling industry, it's like on heroin. Yeah. So do you, what are your coping skills for social comparison, which is something that we all do and we've always done as a way to measure our self-worth and obviously it's not the healthiest way you know I don't want to say I don't want to validate myself compared to you yeah but in your work your currency is the way you look yeah which is just so contradictory to what we want to feel and think about ourselves so how do you handle that I haven't really learned how yet um I and that's okay no I'm definitely still learning at the, I know it's my job, but at the same time, I still am only 25, and we all do it. We, like, you go onto the Explorer page on Instagram, you come off it being like, oh. I need to get my lips done, I need my boobs done, I need new hair, I need everything. And then you're like, sure. It's like, mm. you, you just can't, you can't feel that. You need to stop yourself. There's always going to be someone that you see that's prettier than you or more successful than you or has a better body than you, but you can, you won't get happy unless you look at yourself and become happy with yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, we're always going to do it. Comparison is the biggest killer of joy. Like, we yeah. all know that. But it's more about, I just think, quieting in your mind. And once you feel like that, really thinking about the things that you have mm-hmm. that that person might not have. Again, as we said, 10% of your life is what Instagram is. It's not yeah. real life. Mm-hmm. And... Do you care what other people think about you? Yeah. And do you care what they think about you as a person or because of the nature of your work, the way you look or is it everything? I'd say both because just being honest, both, but it doesn't bother me, but everyone cares what everyone thinks. You know, mm-hmm. you can say, oh, I don't care, but it will always affect you. But more, I would more care about what people think of me as a person. Um, do people ever get you wrong as a person? I'd say so. Maybe because I don't... Like, I don't speak into my stories or I don't, no one, re- I don't come across to anyone. Yeah. It's all pictures mm. and I'm shite with captions. <laughs> so you'll get a few emojis out of me and that's, that's about the height of it. So I feel like if, I don't know, maybe 
I could make myself known a bit more, but then I'm like, I don't really want to. Either. Well, you don't want to. That's, <laughs> no. You don't have to. Like, um, so other people's opinion of you are just that. It's their opinion. Mm. And I feel like it's only the people that are close to you that matter, really. Yeah, absolutely. It's so but true. again, everyone cares. I think everyone does care about yeah. what they come well, across, like, you know? From when you're a kid, from when you're a baby, you make a sen- you make sense of yourself and who you are based on perceptions of other people like people yeah people they mold you they yeah. mold you so it's very hard then to at some point in life flip where you're not sort of defining yourself based on all this other information yeah. from other people but you're actually deciding on it yourself because like it, you don't really know until you yeah. like but I think that's why books like yours are so important because they're teaching us how to do that like mm. As I said, we didn't learn that in school. We don't know how to not judge ourselves based off other people's opinions. And then it's people like you that are completely changing mm. our own opinions on ourselves by teaching us how to rewire those thoughts. And yeah, and anytime a negative thought comes in, be like, you're not allowed here. Yeah, <laughs> I I definitely do think at some some points there is room for negativity. And I had this conversation with Laura Whitmore yesterday, where we were sort of saying, you know, that it's such a sort of positive industry and be positive and always be look on the bright side of life. And sometimes. You do feel shit, and sometimes, and, I, and that's okay. And if you try and like, if you try and bury negative feelings, they'll just come back up to get yeah. you. So, do you kind of embrace that sometimes? Definitely. Like, I being positive is so important, and having positive people around you, and like positive books you read and things you watch, they they are so important. But then sometimes they can make you feel guilty for having bad days, and you're like, oh, well, this person's so positive. Why can't I be like that all the time? Mm. And you're like, because you can't. It's impossible to genuinely feel like that. So, if you do feel shit, you need to just let yourself have mm. some time. And you will get over it and you will be positive in a few days or a day or whatever. So mm-hmm. it's all about giving, going at your own pace and giving yourself time to process thoughts. If you don't, then, as you said, ignoring them, it just builds and builds. Mm. What are your go-to sort of self-care rituals these days? So I would always said, oh, I love yoga, but I would have went like once every six months or something. <laughs> but now I really have... It's like something clicks when you go a few times and I, yeah. I love it now. I do, I love it. And I haven't been in like two weeks and that's what I'm going straight after mm. here because I'm like, you miss it. Mm. Um, it's just a way to fully relax and go under yourself. Um, so that would be something that I would do. I try and meditate, but I just find it so hard. It is hard, but it, again, it's like probably like the yoga where you have to do it consistently before yeah. it clicks because I remember you know, having a panic attack and being like, putting on an app, like Headspace, I'm like, I'm going to meditate and now. I, and then it just irritates you and you're yeah, like, no. and you feel under pressure, like, I'm yeah. not working and there's something wrong with me. It just That's just not the way to do it. But as much as I used to be so frustrated when people say, just breathe, just relax. It's like, I will fucking do that if I could. <laughs> but when you do that over time, like the chemistry in your body does start to change. Yeah. So like for you with the yoga, you obviously now, when you're going to that class, everything settles right down yeah. for you. And I think it's really impressive that you do have such a, I guess, a wall between you and the Instagram stuff because it's you don't you can't be influenced by it then I try and like there obviously there's days where I'm like okay this isn't going to last forever I need to be working on stuff I need to and then I'll go 100 miles an hour and be like Mm. I'll post this this and this and then you won't hear from me for two weeks yeah um it's all about being consistent but the word like when people say refer to you as an influencer I'm like no, no because that's just the complete opposite of what I want to be I don't want to have influence on young girls because I don't know what I'm doing so yeah, how can you tell them I what know. to do yeah well it, it is such a pressure thing you know I think it's a dirty word these days nobody mm. wants to be called that and I suppose I guess why I feel 
I sometimes I want to put stuff out there and I'm not, maybe it's a little bit of pressure where I feel like I don't want people seeing these books and thinking she has it all figured out yeah I don't want that responsibility but that's why it's so good how you come across on your social mm. platforms because you never pretend you have it all figured out yeah it's like we're all figuring it out as we go yeah. and like even these podcast people I'm talking to are still like yourself you know you're saying you're still trying to figure out how to manage the social comparison mm. thing it's none of us there's no one kind of cure it's just like it's checking in with yourselves and it's having these conversations and you know just daily kind of reminders and, and like just being more mindful yeah. um, but I remember when when I first met you and we were working with Smartwater and you were coming over from London and I was hosting a panel and I was terrified because I just get nervous about those things even though I put myself forward for them which is just so like maybe masochistic um, but I remember obviously I'd followed you on Instagram and I was like holy shit like I was and it was just my initial reaction was to be intimidated by you <laughs> which is actually hard. and and then I remember we were messaging and I was like you know you're gonna just be so, like so you know so confident and like I'm gonna be like a little nerd beside you such a stupid being just hard on myself mm. and uh and even like Gordon Darcy I was like quaking in my boots because <laughs> he's gonna think I'm an Egypt or something and um and then I remember we were messaging and I was you were saying that you were nervous and I remember it just completely disarmed me because I was like, I'm nervous. And, <laughs> Do you want to oh, talk about it? Yeah, and I was like, you're a human being. I just, you know, I was like, Caroline, how could you think for one second mm. that she wasn't a human being? Who That's the world that we live in. Yeah. Like, everything's perception and what you see. I know. And like, you know, I straight away was thinking, whoa, people are obviously looking at you and thinking you're flawless. You don't know what struggle is, you know. And what I always try and get across to people is that it's all relative yeah and like if you wake up and you're feeling really overwhelmed and you're having that hypochondria or you're feeling like you know something bad gonna happen to my parents it doesn't matter that you have a pretty face no like it doesn't have any impact on none you none of that shit matters anyways I like know. it matters for me at the minute because that's my job but it's not the be all and end all yeah. if that was to change tomorrow you know like you'll do something else yeah um how do you measure your self-worth these days uh with how happy i feel mm-hmm. and how do you base that so I want to, and it's from reading books and stuff, that I just want to be happy as much as I possibly can, whether if that means that I find happiness through my job or through whatever I'm doing. If I don't find it, then I'm going to go look for it. So mm-hmm. for you, is sort of happiness, like a for me, it's a day, day-to-day thing. Like people always sort of talk about like the end goal. And again, I had this same chat with Laura Whitmore where we were both saying, we're not actually driven by the end goal where we want to stop. Like I'm driven by what kind of lifestyle do I want to have? Exactly. And you're driven by like, am I enjoying it now? Yeah. And I make sure that whatever I'm doing, I'm happy doing it. Yeah. And do I want to get up today and have, you know, go to work or do my podcast or write a book? It's not, I, I just can't imagine being satisfied by life where I'm like, working so hard hating it but thinking oh and then I'll get here and then I'll be happy yeah. and then I'll get the promotion and then it's I'll be happy it's hard not to you know because that obviously there's times where you're like well I'll do this now because yeah you, you have to sometimes you do you have to say you have to put the work in yeah and maybe you're not ecstatic while you're doing it but eventually you will be mm. but it's hard to think of that and then be loving in the future like you genuinely I just want to be happy in what I'm doing mm-hmm. um are there any anxieties in your life now like looking ahead to the future Definitely, because we were saying we're both freelance, we're in a job that's, well, you have a book, so you're fine. Um, <laughs> I make no money off it. <laughs> Hopefully when it comes out in America, I will. <laughs> Quick plug. Yeah. Um, it's on Amazon. <laughs> but I am in an industry that is definitely going to be short-loved, but I, then I'm like, I'm so lucky to be have it, been able to do it. So 
I'll find a way, you know, I'll be yeah. fine. So you kind of trust but in yourself, even though you don't know what the outcome will be. Kind of. Some days I trust in myself, but then obviously there's days where I'm like, okay, so I'm retired now at 25. <laughs> What's next? But you just need to enjoy what you're doing and love in the moment. And then hopefully everything else flows to you. And do you ever struggle with the fear of failure? Mm-hmm. And how does that feel? Um, I don't know. It's more the fear of just waking up one day and not having any clients anymore or any yeah. no demand for... Because like, it's such a fickle industry. Such a fickle industry. So there's that, but not so much the fear of failure, just the fear of maybe falling for a while and kind of losing my way because you get so stuck on the being busy and I love being busy and if I have two days where... I'm not busy I'm like oh mm. I'm panicking so much and I need to start working on something else so it's more that um the need to change my whole direction because I'm so comfortable now and I'm so happy in what I'm doing so more a fear of complete change because I know yeah. it'll come eventually but it's funny that like we get to a point where we're happy in what we're doing you're enjoying the day today and then you're like what am I gonna worry about now? I, I need to panic. Oh, I need to panic about something. It's so things like that. This is so tiring just being in our heads sometimes. Yeah. Um, and you must get a lot of interest in like the more following you get and the more we see you on billboards and everything, the more interest you must get in your personal life. And especially with your slightly well-known boyfriend. <laughs> do you find that is that another anxiety or do you just sort of again have that wall where you're like because I'd r- I, I'd rather just have the wall like obviously like I did. Tatler and that's one of my favourite, favourite, favourite jobs I've ever done. Mm-hmm. And to be on the cover of that was just unbelievable. Um, but they celebrated everything that I had done and took me as a person. Yeah. My own person that I've as... worked for. Yeah. Um I like I've worked to build up my own image and people tend to refer to me as someone else's girlfriend and no. Like No, that's just So there's there's always that. So for anyone listening who is I'm sure they're very enlightened to hear that you uh, are a human being and have you know feelings Hi. and anxieties <laughs> and it's just it's so refreshing to hear you you know talk about this stuff but and you you do for 25 I did not have my shit together I do not but you do have a lot of awareness and you do I guess I, I think in a way the the industry and the job has sort of given you that armor to be like I need to have my priorities straight I need to have my values set I need to know what's important and what doesn't. I think you really do know that. Yeah. But of course you're susceptible to the social comparison. You're mm-hmm. susceptible to doubting yourself and feeling, you know, worrying about, am I going to be relevant tomorrow? But you, I think because you had anxiety so young and because you addressed it so young, you sort of have the skills. Even the anxiety still kind of rises up. And that's what I say to people about me as well. Like I'm not anxiety free and I don't have like heaps of confidence all yeah. the time. I feel fear a lot and you know, sometimes I have waves of anxiety. I definitely do, but I just sort of know what to do and I know to kind of take my foot off the gas and again, like that factor opinion thing and writing it down and just taking emotion out. I think having those, like you're very good clearly at having those boundaries. Yeah. So if you were to give people listening who are maybe struggling with self-image or struggling with, with confidence issues, whatever it might be, or anxiety, what would be your tips? Do you have any that you'd would spring to mind I would just tell them to try their very very best and we all know how hard it is but try your best not to compare because you never know what that if you're comparing yourself to someone you never know what else is going on in their life that you don't want so as much as you should aim to be the best version of yourself that you can be make sure to yourself that you're you're building up and not taking Mm -hmm. not comparing yourself all the time so especially younger girls now that are like oh such and such is doing this on Instagram and I'm not and that makes me feel shit be just focus on the stuff that you are doing and the things that you can do Mm -hmm. um not because they're doing it because that's what you want um 
I would say believe in yourself beyond anything because if you don't, no one else will. Just go under yourself. The odd, I know meditation is so hard, but I would tell you to sit and for a few minutes a day and be like, what is it I want? You know, like focus on the end goal and work towards that, work towards being happy while you're doing that and just try and be confident in yourself because... Mm -hmm. Well, it's a skill that makes different, you know? Yeah, yeah. I think people, like, always confuse. I was saying this to Laura as well, that people think, you're a confident person, I'm not a confident person. No, because no one is 100% confident. Everyone is working on it all the time. But it's not not a personality trait. It's, you know, so you are probably kind of shy. Yeah, like, I was so nervous coming on here today. And at the start, you'll probably listen to this and hear my breath is, like, short because, I don't know, I just find it an intimidating environment, you know? And it's just me and you and your hotel room. My feet are on your bed. (laughs) But it's... It's yeah. nerve-wracking when you're sharing opinions. Yeah, it's definitely, it's, like, it's very hard to put yourself out there and yeah. be vulnerable. But I find, in my experience, that when, I don't know, it's the nature of my work, but when I started to sort of own my vulnerability and be like, I struggle and whatever, then things became a lot easier. And I started being a lot kinder to myself. And then I realised, whoa, we're all feeling it the same. Exactly. If Just be kind to yourself and know your own worth. Um and know that everyone is different, so you're never going to be like that person. So if you're wasting all your energy on aiming to be someone you've seen on Instagram or, or a celebrity or a fucking Kardashian or someone, stop and realise your own qualities and your confidence will build slightly through that mm-hmm. and surround yourself with nice people too. Yeah, like, that's a big Life's one. too short, you waste time on shit friends. Yeah. <laughs> you have to do a cool You'll, every You will then. learn it, the older you get, but if there's any people around you that just push you off and I just cut them off like yeah I know well you've definitely got the bullshit free attitude too <laughs> which I also am very much a fan of um, Joanna Cooper thank you so much for joining me on Owning It the podcast The biggest names in tennis are coming to Paris for the most anticipated Roland Garros in years. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. Experience three weeks of unparalleled tournament access as the world's top players in tennis face off against each other. Will the veteran champions continue their dominance or will a fresh face emerge to challenge their legacy on the clay courts? Daily live coverage of this epic showdown begins Monday, May 20th. Don't miss a matchup. Stream it now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. The easiest way to access Owning It Real Time is to head to the link in the episode description or episode details, whatever you call them, show notes. You will find the link in there at the top. 
you can sign up right away for Owning It Real Time and access a full library of 10 situation-specific audio guides that will help you own your anxiety even more than you've ever done before.